0: This is the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN.
1: New York, but Maria, mm. I've been told that you may or may not be <laughs> at Madison Square Garden tomorrow night for a Knicks game that features James Harden making his debut with the Los Angeles Clippers. So, wild! this is your opportunity to get on a Jumbotron. I've done it yes. twice, the last two sporting events I've been to. If you're in the building tomorrow, I'm expecting you to appear on the MSG Jumbotron. I
2: mean, that's a tough act to follow. I mean, you have been on the Jumbotron. as It's been well documented twice now in the last, what, week?
1: Yeah, a week. Week yeah. or so. We can change.
2: Yeah. So um, it, it's going to be tough. But first I have to manifest, if you will, <laughs> that I will actually be right. in attendance because I have, you know, full transparency. I thought I was going to have like a sweet ticket sort of hookup. But I haven't heard confirmation yet, so we'll see what happens. But I would love to go. Uh, It's just, (laughs) as a Knicks fan, you know, it's hard to watch people come into the garden and just, like, have their best game ever. And I just wouldn't be surprised if James Harden makes his debut with the Clippers and, you know, all those stars do well. It's just mind-blowing to me that we have the quote-unquote big four on that Clippers team now with Harden, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Russell Westbrook.
1: <laughs> Do we still count him as part of a big 3 or 4?
2: You know, I don't I don't know. I'm I'm kind of half I'm half kidding when I refer to a quote-unquote big 4, but it's just crazy to me that those all of those players, you know, either if they're not superstars right now, they have been considered superstars in their career and to have them all on the same team is just pretty nuts. NBA is uh it's 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 a wild place.
1: On paper the Clippers look really good, but these games are never played on paper and until I see Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Harden, until I see these guys stay healthy, I have no right. faith in the Clippers being able to actually win a title with that core. They might win tomorrow night because the Knicks have not played great lately. Julius Randle can't get out of his own way right now. It does seem like RJ Barrett's going to play tomorrow, which is a good sign because they've been awful without him these last few games. Yeah. But man, I I just I have I have my doubts that this Clippers big four that Will be making its debut potentially with you in the building tomorrow. Is actually going to be any good?
2: Look, it's understandable when uh, James Harden has had a, a few experiments now with a couple of different teams and with uh, a variety of superstar co-stars, um, and have has it's not worked out for him yet.
1: I'm rooting uh, against him too. By the way, I don't so I, I did afternoon radio in Houston for five years. Could not stand oh. how James Harden left that city, yeah. And then he goes to Brooklyn, could not stand how he handled that situation. Then he goes to Philly, could not stand how he's handled that situation. Now he forces himself to L.A. I don't want to see this guy win a championship and be successful. I don't want to reward a guy who's quit on, like, four different franchises.
2: I don't blame you for that. I mean, you you just outlined it. When you have that as your history, it, it's kind of a shame because Harden, uh, he hasn't seemed like the the greatest character off the floor But he's had an insanely successful career, like as an individual player, never really uh, met the expectation when it came to the postseason, even in his prime in Houston. Um, I was actually talking about this the other day. Like, his time was that game seven uh, against Golden State when Chris Paul was out, when he was on Houston. And they just shot terribly, but they were like on their home floor. Like that was that was your chance. Yeah, you blew it.
1: Thirty-seven consecutive missed threes in that game. I think it was
2: something like that. And that wasn't the only example. He he had he had other uh, examples of like just not playing great, just being.
1: I just don't think he cares, too. Don't you get a sense with James Harden? It's like, ah, the second he faces some adversity, it's like, all right, well, it's not my night. I'm going to take my ball and go home. Like, I just don't think he's got that dog in him, that killer mentality that the great players in the league have. I just—I yeah. don't see it, and I don't think it's going to work with him and the Clippers.
2: Well, I don't—I'm not expecting the Clippers to, to win a title. I, I'm just not. I mean, the West is too stacked. I think the Nuggets still look phenomenal, number one. Uh, but, you know, James Harden—I'll say this uh, from an X's and O's standpoint— he won the Sixers two playoff games against the Celtics. He had two playoff games that he had 40-plus points. And that's so he's not why the 76ers weren't successful. The 76ers haven't been successful because Joel Embiid can't stay healthy. And he also doesn't play his best come the postseason. True. So it's not like James Harden doesn't have – still have an ability. And I'll say this too. For his time with Brooklyn, obviously there were so many other issues there. But he did – Uh, he adapted his role and he actually was more of a facilitator, which I expect to see as well on the Clippers. And he was successful in that, in that like when he was healthy and the Nets were playing good, playing well, um, it was, he was a big part of it. Um, So I think there's still some value there on the floor Um, from a fit standpoint, it's going to be interesting. And I think he gives them a little bit of wiggle room with somebody like Kawhi Leonard, who has, has, lingering in like, degenerative injuries that force him to have to rest on a regular basis. So he, he gives you some depth from that standpoint. It certainly will be interesting.
1: Let's get back to your calls right now. 800-919-3776. She's Maria Moreno. My name is Jake Asman. We're with you till 8. Let's see what Mike in Miami is thinking once in on the Jets conversation. Mike, you're next up. You're on with Jake and Maria. What do you got for us?
3: Hello, Mike. Good evening, Maria. Um, spoke last week after after the drive um, when you were on. Um, I told you I'm a subscriber to your YouTube, so um, good to speak to you and good to hear you regularly on on the show. Thanks, Mike. Uh, on the network, I should say. <laughs> so let me let me follow up what um, I mentioned to you last week. Jake, Maria, here we go. Here's another week. DJ Stroud, five touchdowns, 470 yards passing. Dobbs traded the seventh round pick from Arizona, goes to new system in Minnesota, has a phenomenal day. Leads them on a game-winning touchdown drive. Will Levis, we, we addressed him a little bit last week. On and on and on, okay? Zach is not the answer. We can make all the excuses. We can sit there and say, oh, the coaches have to open up the offense a little bit more. And I say that respectfully, Jay. I love what you do. I love your voice. I love your passion for the Jets. So this is not a criticism against you. But we can make all the excuses in year three for Zach Wilson. is all that we want. He's not the answer. There's just no denying that. When other other teams can roll out basically players just for the first year and they're putting up in, an off, in a league that's driven by the offense and they can just go down the field at will. I mean, it's just um, for the number two pick in the draft, we're still making excuses year three. And my last point on this, hey, um, Joe Douglas, and and I'm not a um, Sam Dono apologist, but Joe Douglas undermined Sam Dono by not giving him any weapons and so on. And, and Joe's done a very good job putting talent around these Jets who were talent-laden because Mike McCagnin was an un, unmitigated disaster, okay? Having said that, how do you not go get a qualified backup in Dobbs, if Minnesota could get him for seventh rounder for Zach Wilson, I mean, this is a year where it's opened up to us. The fourth that all the Dolphins lost again today. We can win this, forget making the playoffs. We can actually win a division. Yeah. How do you not get a backup, a qualified backup?
1: Mike, good call. So I think there's two separate conversations going on. If you're expecting Zach Wilson to be the second pick in the draft, that ship sailed, man. Right. And he brings up C.J. Stroud, who is the second pick in the draft this past year and has looked phenomenal. There's countless guys, though, that have gone out there and have proven to be better quarterbacks or a better quarterback than Zach Wilson. If you're expecting him to be that because you know, he's the second pick in the draft, you're going to be disappointed. Zach Wilson's all they have right now, though. And I agree with Mike. I don't think he's their long-term answer. I I have completely, like, eradicated that thought, that possibility from my mind. I just don't see it. I think Rodgers is the quarterback, hopefully, by the time this season ends, if we're lucky. But he's certainly the guy next year. And then after that, Zach Wilson's contract's up, and I I don't know if the Jets are going to be— you know, and he that,
2: wasn't expected to be the guy, Jake. No,
1: not not this year. Like, it, it, But it, the Jet fans that are still holding on hope, to, Well, he's the second pick. He's eventually going to turn into that guy. I don't see it. But like to Mike's point, my pushback would be, I understand he's not the guy. But you're trying to win this year and salvage this season. Yes. Or at least get to a point where maybe Aaron could do the impossible and come back. So to do that, Mike, you do need to open up the playbook a little more. They do need to not have drops in front of him. they do need to oh i don't know maybe protect him a little better run the ball a little better so while zach wilson to me is not a good quarterback for the jets to maximize whatever he is as a quarterback yes. which right now is a backup who wasn't supposed to play this year but now he has to they got to do these things better around him. that's really i think what you and i are saying because yes. i don't think i i know i don't look at him as the long-term answer and i don't look at him as the number two pick anymore and i know you were saying something similar earlier
2: Let me ask your opinion on this, because I've heard people mention this uh, as well. Like, the idea of the Jets bringing someone else in. We touched on this a bit earlier, but it was pretty much decided right after Aaron Rodgers' injury that um, Zach Wilson did give the Jets the best chance to win. And I toyed with this at the time. Like, do you think there was something in the Jets' minds of, like, if we bring someone else in, it's going to— somehow derail Zach Wilson's confidence or just somehow signal to him that he indeed is not the guy. And would that affect his performance? Do you think that came into play at that time? And, and, or like, as the weeks have gone on, has this idea of Zach Wilson giving the jets as currently constructed the best chance to win, has that idea um, been reinforced?
1: I do think there's something to be said for the fact that if they brought in another quarterback, while that quarterback was getting ready to learn the system, it would completely shudder Zach's confidence. Yeah. Because think about it. When they finally did add a quarterback, it came after that New England Patriots debacle where Zach was terrible, and they added Trevor Simeon. And they've yet to still promote Trevor Simeon to the active roster. Like Everything they've done with Zach Murray has been to kind of coddle him, baby him, because you know this is a guy, they even admitted it, that lost all his confidence last year. So... His teammates try to say the right things publicly and pick him up and say, hey, look how great he was in these last 24 seconds. Or, you know, Zach's so much better than he was last year, which they're not wrong he is, but still the bar is so low considering yes. how historically bad he was these first two seasons. There had never been a quarterback, Maria, that was last in completion percentage and last in quarterback rating two straight years. Zach Wilson at one point this year was on pace to do it three years in a row, so he's not that bad right now. He's He's gotten better. They're mm-hmm. winning games. He's made some more plays than— he did last year. They don't win that game against the Giants That this is Zach from a right. year ago. But the bar is still so low. He's got to play better for them to, to still be a yeah. playoff team. And if he does play a little better, as you talked about, that you think he could do, well, then the division's not out of the question, given what we've seen from Miami, given what we have seen from Buffalo, the fact the Jets have a win over the Bills, two games still at hand against Miami. But I don't know game to game what they're getting from Zach, and that's what's scary if you're a Jet fan.
2: And. That caller, Mike, was right. Like, he's not the guy per se. He's not the savior. He's not the franchise quarterback. But I think Zach Wilson could fall into the category of a lot of quarterbacks in this league who are not necessarily going to win you the game, but might not go out and lose you the game because they're so poor and inept. So that's what the Jets need. They have a great defense, um, and they have a quarterback that's been competent enough to help them. You know, win straight three straight games. Uh, and so we've, you and I have been harping on it for the last few hours. He is your guy. So you have to find a it's way nobody else. to put him in the best possible position to succeed. I think for the most part, the Jets coaching staff has done that. I think they could try a little bit more as we see more signs of him progressing and in the right situations, perhaps Monday night against the Chargers and the worst pass defense in the league. Is, is one of those situations in the right situations and moments um giving him a little bit more rope and seeing what he does because otherwise he's not going to progress like you can't you can't get better without the experience of trying these things and uh we spoke to Herm Edwards earlier he was a little uh skeptical of that because he he's kind of of the mindset of like we've seen what he is but i think that's a little bit like Okay, we have to we have to give him a little credit for not being what he was last year and having a a little bit showing some signs of improvement. And so we have to be fair to him in that respect. And and we can't give him give up on him right now because we got nobody else.
1: Unless you want Tim Boyle starting tomorrow. I don't know why they don't make Trevor Simeon, by the way, the number two quarterback. He's been on the team since week three. I That's mean, a good point. I mean, it's, he's got to know the playbook by now. I watched Josh Dobbs, who got traded earlier this week, have to come into a game today and actually won a game today with dramatic throws at the end for the Vikings. Unbelievable. Uh 919 ESPN's our number. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. She's Maria Moreno. My name is Jake Asman. We are with you till 8 o'clock. More of your calls coming up. You buying into Zach Wilson? taking the Jets to the playoffs. We'll talk more about that when we come back. Keep it right here. It's 98.7 ESPN New York.
0: This is the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN. (laughs)
1: But you didn't really get the tailgate because it monsooned in the parking lot <laughs> that night. Week three, the home game against the Patriots. The weather was brutal the entire day. It's a very
2: rainy October.
1: The the Jet fan, I think, has had just like one game where it has not been terrible conditions. Even the Eagle game, it rained a little bit in that one. I think the Chiefs game where Taylor Swift in the building, Maria. Mm-hmm. That was the only game where the weather wasn't abysmal. Mm.
2: And the Jets need the good weather for Zach Wilson. Because yes. you have noted... <laughs> He, oh, noticed. he is not a fan of playing in the rain.
1: No. He, uh, <laughs> like, if Zach Wilson was allowed to use like a gustbuster umbrella or something oh. as he was like dropping back, he would be a way better quarterback. <sighs> oh. But the second that ball gets wet, he yeah. just can't function. Oh. Now, I, I did get a Twitter question here from Chris who's listening to the show. More likely to happen. Hmm. Jets win the Super Bowl with Zach Wilson as the starter or Aaron Rodgers comes back this season?
2: I don't like either <laughs> i know the, the the game is which is more likely i don't think either are likely personally but uh, i
1: think roger's coming back is more likely
2: i i'm leaning that way uh just because uh one we we've we've talked about how good he is at manifesting no i'm just kidding uh two <laughs> uh i'm not sure of all the details with the innovative type of you know procedure that he had and he seems like he's making record recovery time i still think it's Clearly unlikely, but uh, to your point, there is to like a glimmer of hope. Whereas, yes, I think the Jets can actually make the playoffs with Zach Wilson as their quarterback. I'll just just say that I don't see their ceiling uh, far beyond that.
1: I think they could make the playoffs with Zach, and the longer they stay in the playoffs, it does it wouldn't in this scenario like increase the chance Rodgers comes back. So that's why I think it's Rodgers because oh, I don't think they can win smart. a Super Bowl with Zach Wilson. But if they make the playoffs with Zach, the longer they play, and with this defense and running game, we saw this with Rex Ryan and Mark Sanchez, you can win in the playoffs that way. It does open the door for Rodgers to come back. So I think the answer is Rodgers, but I'm with you. I don't feel great about either scenario. Yeah, I feel better about Rodgers because I'm manifesting Which him coming why, back.
2: Which is why, once again, the Jets have to be committed to Zach Wilson being their guy right now and going one week at a time. And uh, Monday night should be a game that they have a chance at winning. They should be in position to win, and uh, they got to make it happen.
1: Let's go back to your calls right now. VR is in Daytona. What's up, VR?
4: Hey, what's going on, Jake and Maria? Uh, Maria, this man that you have sitting next to you, he is the hardest working man (laughs) in sports business. Uh, I just want to let you know that. I I don't know about that, VR. I get get a sense of that. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yes.
4: I got a few hot takes for you. Um, so the first thing I heard you on the national show, Jake, talking with Myron and you guys are talking about the Knicks and you, and you guys are talking about um, call Anthony towns and, you know, uh, the Knicks training for him. And, and, and your argument was that, well, I mean, he's, he's basically a younger version of Julius Randle. He's not going to improve the team. And I agree with that. And, you know, I don't know if you remember that, that Spider Man meme where they're like pointing at each other being the same person. Yep. Like they're they're the same person. They, they they I mean like that doesn't, you know, move the needle for the Knicks for a championship or anything like that. I like Carl Anthony Towns, I think he's great, but I just, you know, I think Julius Randle is is kind of the same player. And well, I, would uh, I say... just wanted to make that. Yeah, I... but I appreciate
2: the point. I appreciate the point. I think they're the same maybe type of player. I think if you were going to do a one-to-one comparison, you would probably say Cat greater than sign Julius Randall. Am I wrong?
1: Yeah, I would take like Carl Anthony Towns just like over Randall if it's a one for one trade. I think the problem is if you're the Knicks, it's not gonna be a one for one trade. You're gonna have Correct. to give additional picks or young players, and I don't think he makes you that much better. Like I'd rather just wait and see if someone else shakes loose, or if not, just keep building up this young core and just eventually someone shakes loose. That's the history of the NBA. I don't think he makes you a championship contender if you sure. if you trade for him.
2: I agree with you from that standpoint. When it comes to trade scenarios, I, I think the Knicks gotta just kind of stay the course right now. Uh, And and see what happens, because uh, as we were discussing earlier with the likes of James Harden, the NBA is going to have its players that want to be traded and there are going to be uh, situations that arise. So we'll see when that occurs.
1: VR, what's your point about Rodgers?
4: So you know, I I just have a hot take about Aaron Rodgers. I, I think that you know the ayahuasca, and he has like some shaman in his corner. <laughs> and outside of the outside of the uh, the surgery that he had, I, I I foresee him you know in my crystal ball coming back for the Miami game in Miami. It's a perfect weather, perfect scenario. I think we'll be in the in the playoff hunt. Worst-case scenario, if, if A-Rod does not come back this year, I, I really think Zach has been making improvements. And, you know, little by little, incrementally, you know, I think they really believe in him, and I think that they're going to give him a shot moving forward. I'm not a Zach truther, but I, I do see some improvement. At the very least, Zach has shown some moxie. He has shown that he can he can take a gut punch, and keep on moving, and and I think that the the rest of the team sees that as well. So, I'll um, uh, 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 end it there. That's all I got. You the best, Jake. Thank you, Maria. Thank Thanks you. Love.
1: I'm out. VR. Good call. That Look,
2: was a great point.
1: He's Zach has shown me a lot as far as being able to handle playing in this market, like. The Chiefs' performance he had, Maria, even though they lost the game, to have that game after one of his worst games against the Patriots. After a
2: week that everyone was talking about how much he sucked. He
1: was maybe the most criticized athlete in the country that week, and then with everyone watching because Taylor Swift's in the building, and that was the storyline that week, Zach Wilson made himself the storyline for the right reasons. He played great. He had the best game statistically of his career. And I think that game inspired the locker room. Like, hey, we can win with this guy. Like, he showed us he has that right. type of game in there. He just needs to be more consistent. Like, if he could just be a smidge better than what we have seen for the vast majority of this year. Like, if you remove the Chiefs game and you remove his worst game, which was the Patriots game, and he's somewhere between the Broncos, Eagles, Buffalo, and I guess the Giants' performance for at least the 24 seconds. Like, that to me is a serviceable starter in this week, in this league with this defense you can win with. Problem is, game to game, as we've said, you just never know what you're going to get from Zach Wilson.
2: I'm so glad VR brought it up because I do think Zach Wilson deserves credit for the mental gymnastics that he has had to uh, withstand. And, and some of it has been self-inflicted. I, I understand that. But also, it's really, really hard sometimes when either you played poorly, you made a mistake, you're getting criticized left and right. And you have to go out there and, and block all that out and perform in the biggest moments. And, you know, I think last week against the Giants was an example of that. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't what you wanted to see there at MetLife. But playing pretty poorly throughout the entire game and to make key plays when it mattered and to get that win, that that is something that happened. We can't, that's like, it's not disputable. Zach Wilson did that. You know what I mean? So um, I I appreciate that. And it, it, it's something that I think we forget a little bit. And it's also an area where he's grown maturity-wise. Because if you remember last season, he got uh, criticized, you know, I think probably got some, um, I guess, pushback in the locker room. You know, he wasn't taking credit for like some of the things he did wrong in post-game situations, and he was kind of like a little arrogant. I think he's matured from from that point of view as well.
1: No doubt. And Rodgers, I think, has had a really good influence on him in, in that regard. By the way, if our last caller, VR, is correct, that he thinks Aaron Rodgers is coming back for the Dolphins game <laughs> you on noticed, December 17th. Notice I
2: didn't acknowledge that part.
1: I, I will say this. If 98-7 if management will allow me, <laughs> I will do ayahuasca on the air if Aaron Rodgers is playing quarterback for the Jets on December 17th. I'm hoping he's back by you know maybe the the New England game because then you know, I can see it now. Jets Wait. are going to be eight and eight going to Foxborough. Need to win to get into the playoffs to be the seventh seed. And here comes Aaron Rodgers to end the Patriots losing or losing streak. And the Jets playoff drought comes to an end. I'm open for that. December seventeenth <laughs> in Miami. Oh my God! I will do ayahuasca like the entire month of December if he's back by then.
2: Even I am not going to get crazy with the manifestation of that because <laughs> I look. It's just it's so unprecedented. It's just something that we've we've never seen, and I wouldn't put it past Aaron Rodgers to do something unprecedented. But I feel like truly, as Jets fans, it's not healthy to like even think about that. No,
1: <laughs> I just win tomorrow night. That's what I'm focused on. All right, hundred percent. My, my mentality as a fan is what like every coach says: one game at a time. Yes, focus on the task at hand. It's a
2: cliche, but it's true.
1: Get me a win tomorrow night, Jets. That's what it's all about. Eight hundred nine one nine. 3776. The Giant game has gone final. We await a significant update on Daniel Jones. We'll talk about the latest Giants disaster out in Vegas as the Giants lose 30 to 6 to the Raiders. We'll get into that next. She's Maria Moreno. My name is Jake Asman. It is the Jake and Maria show with you till 8 o'clock right here on 987 ESPN, New York.
0: If you- this is the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs>
1: Daniel Jones, Maria, is feared to have suffered a significant knee injury, potentially a torn ACL based on the initial tests. He's going to have an MRI to learn the full picture. It didn't look good. You saw a non-contact injury. He went down right away. And then there was a report from Fox that Daniel Jones apparently was heard saying to Saquon Barkley that he hurt his knee buckle. And when you heard that, I started to fear the worst. And the worst would being a torn ACL that would obviously end his season and— Who knows how long it will necessarily take him to recover from this because it's usually about a year, maybe a little less. You start talking about November 5th right now. It puts next season, at least the start of it, in jeopardy. Kyler Murray is still not back yet from his ACL injury. He suffered, I believe, in early December a year ago. So really, really brutal news if it is, in fact, true that Daniel Jones is done for the year with a torn ACL.
2: Absolutely brutal. Uh, Not at all what we expected to be talking about today. And... uh, what's what's sad is that if this is the case if he's out the rest of the year there's just there's just no more hope in the season at all and it was kind of hanging by a thread even prior to this just based on uh the giants underperforming to start this season and um you and I have talked about it he has been injury prone in the past um last year was the most games he's played in his career and the Giants benefited from that. He and Saquon Barkley both being healthy for the majority um, of the season, which has frankly been more of an outlier than not for for both of those players. And uh, Giants go ahead and 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 sign Daniel Jones to a long term deal. And now even that is in jeopardy in terms of just the future of DJ being being the guy moving forward, being the franchise quarterback of the Giants.
1: The Giants right now would be picking fourth overall if the season ended today. And with Tommy DeVito seemingly going to be this team's quarterback for the next couple games till Tyrod Taylor could come back off IR. Or if not DeVito, they added Matt Barkley this week to their practice squad. He might be better than DeVito, but still, we're talking about a team, Maria, that might be the worst in football. I don't know if they'll have the worst record in football. It's going to be close. But, you know, Arizona, you know, has a win, or the Giants have a win over Arizona, so if they finish tied, it'd be the Arizona Cardinals that would get the first pick, but this is the conversation we're now having with this Giants team. Like, they're going to absolutely be in the mix for the top pick, and I'm sure there's a lot of Giants fans out there, the, you know, Dave Rothenbergs, Don LaGreca's of the world, who are going to be rooting for this team to potentially lose and get the top pick and bottom out, because what's the point of winning a couple games here down the stretch with Tyrod Taylor as your quarterback? At this point, and I hate saying this, but... At this point, the best thing for the Giants might actually be to lose as many games as possible and put yourself in that Caleb Williams-Drake May conversation because that, to me, is the only good that maybe comes out of this season. This team at 2-7 and playing the Cowboys next week is going nowhere without Daniel Jones. And even with Daniel Jones, there was a case to be made this was a bottom-five team in the NFL.
2: I think regardless of what's best for the team, (laughs) <laughs> is this is going to happen. I mean, they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league. If they're not considered that already, we thought it was ugly to start the season. This is gonna get real ugly. And I know we've seen some just absolutely putrid football seasons here in New York between the jets and giants, uh, you know, in recent memory, but uh, this is probably going to be right up there with them. And we knew coming in, the schedule was going to be pretty brutal. And uh, it has been, <laughs> it has been brutal. Uh, Even when the Giants had chances or games that they should have competed in and should have won, uh, they didn't. And that's why we're in this position now. Like, if they had, with their squad healthy, been more competitive and stacked a couple more wins, there would be some hope right now. But because they didn't take care of business when they had their team healthy, now there's no hope. That's assuming, once again, we don't know for sure – but that's assuming that this is a significant injury that Daniel Jones will miss significant time.
1: If you're just tuning in, Daniel Jones, who left today's game in the first half with a non-contact knee injury, the initial report from Ian Rappaport with the NFL Network is the Giants fear it is a torn ACL. Your calls right now, 800 919 espns the numbers. We take you to Larry Hardesty and The Drive coming up at 8 o'clock. David's in the car, wants in on the Giants conversation. David, you are first up this segment. What do you got for us?
0: Thanks. I don't want to be like this this bear of bad news, but I've been calling all week. I've been calling every show on week saying, Daniel Jones is not 100% there. Contact or no contact. I said, he's not there because he's been shell shocked. There's a lot of quarterbacks right now who wouldn't even be playing if they had hit like the Seahawks and the way the Dallas Cowboys beat up Daniel Jones. And I kept pushing the agenda to say, Bench Daniel Jones, you're not going anywhere. I'm not asking the Giants to tank. But, bench him. he's going to get hurt. And I, and I even said it, if you go back to, the, to any podcast, I said I think the Raiders are going to blow the doors off the Giants because they're not there. There's something in the culture of the Giants that was beautiful last year and coming up. There's a huge fracture and decline from that from last year. I think that the general manager and the coach, if not the fans, the, the owner of the Giants to sit down and say, what just happened here? Because we can't keep pointing to injuries. We can't keep playing the injuries. Right now, you have winning teams in the NFL, and there are guys taking injections and anti-inflammatories and playing through it because they're in a culture that is dominant and positive. The Giants' culture is shot right now. I mean, I don't know what else to say. Am I wrong? Well, David, here's the thing, though.
1: To me, you're bringing up two separate conversations, talking about a shot culture and then contributing that to Daniel Jones getting hurt. Daniel Jones got hurt. On a play that could happen to any quarterback, just like how Aaron Rodgers got hurt in the opening game of the year for the Jets. It's a non-contact injury is what happened to Daniel Jones. Rodgers, there was at least some contact. He was sacked. Daniel Jones wasn't hit on the play. He dropped back, felt his knee buckle, and went down. So, Maria, what am I missing? Like The Giants can't be blamed, or their poor O-line can't be blamed for Daniel Jones tearing his ACL on a non-contact play.
2: Right, and obviously, you know, uh, and thank you for the uh, phone call, David, but... You know, he is talking about um, benching Daniel Jones. Obviously, that wasn't going to happen. No. You, you know, he was the the person that was going to give you a chance to compete with the Raiders. And obviously, the injuries are not related, although uh, it, it just so happens that Daniel Jones, for most of his career, has had bad luck with injuries. So, uh, yeah, that's it, this is just this is just a brutal situation.
1: It's tough, because I truly do think the best thing for the Giants is to lose games. And, and no fan, and, I, I know some fans are on board with that, but like, man, going through this type of season, I went through it with the Jets in 2020, only for them to blow it, la- you know, the last couple of games and miss out on Trevor Lawrence. It's miserable. Like, your, your joy of watching the sport is done. Now, I think a lot of Giants fans, they would tell you that after that Jet loss, or maybe earlier on in the year, the Seahawks game, whatever, they lost that joy, but... I mean, at least Daniel Jones gave you something to watch. He was going to come back and maybe you could see if he could build on what he did last year. If he could now, with Barkley being out there as well, if he could resemble a guy that you gave $40 million to. Now, I don't know if he's ever playing for the Giants again. Like, I think that conversation, in addition to the drafting a quarterback when they're picking in the top five in all likelihood, that's on the table for this Giants team as well.
2: And I don't want to make the injuries an excuse for how the Giants have played. But the fact is that... They have missed most of their games with, I should say, their QB1 and their RB1 have missed the majority of games. Last season was an outlier. Once again, Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones have had more unhealthy seasons than they have had healthy seasons. And when they were healthy, it helped quite a bit. And even when they were healthy, they were 9-7-1. and right. They weren't great last year. And, and so uh, it is part of it. It's not an excuse. It's just part of it. Injuries are a part of sports. And there is another part of this where, you know, the coaching staff is to blame for the start of the season. They were not ready to play week one. They were not ready to play week two, Turned it around week two. But there there were instances where the Giants have looked just completely, even today, even today before Daniel Jones got hurt, you know, Raiders marched down the field. And, and, and to the Giants
1: opened the game and went and And score to a touchdown.
2: Out. And you're talking about, like, once again, why can't the Giants be the team to score on their first possession ever or to score in the first quarter? And you're talking about a team that was in complete disarray. And I know sometimes there can be a rallying effect, like the Raiders having their, you know, their head coach and some of their brass-fired rallying around them. Still, now all of those questions that you had about Brian Dayball as a coach, now that all has to get pushed aside. Because now it's about the injury to Daniel Jones. And uh so you and I had, had spoken earlier about how we don't necessarily think, you know, Brian Dable should be fired or or this and that. Um now because now the injury excuse is going to be there whether you like it or not.
1: Sure. If the Giants finish with the worst or second worst record in the league. It's gonna be, well, they didn't have Daniel Jones. But let's not forget they were well on their way to being two and seven, even yeah. with a healthy Daniel Jones for uh, you know, for most of the year. I know he missed some games here, but Tyrod was actually playing a little better than Daniel Jones, you can argue, right. in some of these games. It's a mess. We'll wrap up our show by taking your calls. Giants fans, how are you feeling in regards are to we the news?
2: Heading into our last segment this, already. This is it? It? Oh my god. Uh, should we goodness. play
1: Enter Sandman coming back from break or <laughs> Bring it in, Rivera.
2: I mean, since you brought it up, I feel like Julian's gotta keep
1: it up. <laughs> Last chance to get in with Maria and I, eight hundred nine one nine, three seven seven six, eight hundred nine one nine ESPN is the number. We're taking you till eight. Larry Hardesty's coming up next right here. It's ninety eight seven ESPN New York.